is a Variety Sports Network production. Now to your host. Hello, motherfucker. Welcome to another edition of the seventh inning. Stretch. Every time your camera is always behind on that one. Uh, I am your host, Logan Stone, and with me is my co-host, Josh Edwards. How are you doing, Josh? It's Monday, but we're talking baseball, so I'm good. Well, that's good. Uh, and then we have a special guest, Ryan from BSing Sports. Brian, how are you doing? Or Ryan, I don't know why I said Brian. It's it's okay, man. I've been getting it my whole life. Um, my last name's Swift, so you can imagine, you know, what direction that conversation goes off in. But um, yeah, so I'm doing all right. You know, I'm always down to talk some baseball, so yeah. better about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we have a fun episode today. We, uh, we're going to discuss all the uh, MVP, Rookie of the Year, and Cy Young candidates. Um, we're going to talk about, you know, obviously the favorites, and then we're going to talk about some ones that we think should be talked about more. Um, so, yeah, it should be fun. Um, do we want to say anything before we get going? Just out of curiosity, uh, is there anything we saw? Obviously, we do before we get into this. Okay. I mean, I, I, I said, I said, I said before we went live, you know, last time I talked to you guys, the Cardinals were in second place. So, yeah. And now they're the best team in baseball. So, what the heck happened there? <laughs> At least they play like it. They're, getting, they're winning like it right now. Um, but this episode is going to be brought to you by Row One Brand. Check out Row One Brand if you haven't already. We talk about them every week. Lots of cool vintage artwork and apparel. Um, they've sent us out some T-shirts. We just had our big giveaway with it. Um, shoot, I didn't even get the uh, the winner's name. So congratulations to whoever won the uh, the prize from Row One Brand. But when you go to Row One Brand's website and you go to their art gallery and you get anything for like your man cave um, that's you know on a canvas or something like that, you put in VSP15 at checkout. They get you 15% off your order. Um, but don't just stop at their art gallery. Go on over and check out their shirts and their mugs and all the other stuff they have, too. Um, great gift ideas for moms, dads, aunts, uncles, anybody who's a vintage sports fan or just loves all kinds of different sports artwork. Nice. Uh, yeah, very interesting. Um, it was funny. I was watching the Cubs and – was it the Cubs and Blue Jays earlier today? And the Blue Jays – they they like had a shift on every player, and every player on the Cubs was hitting into the shift, but like just two feet over where the Blue Jays were, and they could never like the Blue Jays were shifted they, when they shouldn't have been shifted. Like it was exactly where the second baseman would normally be, and that was kind of funny to me. I was like, man, the shift really sucks. Which I think next week we're going to talk about, you know all the things that they're doing in the uh, minors because uh, they just implemented new rules in the minors and which is actually really interesting. So, um, but anyways, uh, let's go ahead and get into this discussion. Um, is there any other awards we want to talk about besides the big three that you guys are interested in just talking about or going over? I mean, I, I could make the case that NL Manager of the Year belongs to Rob Thompson, but I mean, unless you guys don't want to talk about that, <laughs> I want to hear that. Yeah, let's uh, yeah let's talk about that because we don't follow the Phillies as much as you do. So, 
Understandably so. So um, when Rob Thompson took over on June 3rd uh, for Joe Girardi, the Phillies were 11 games below 500, I believe. And since then, they've only had the fourth best record in baseball. Um, As an interim manager, you know that you can argue that nobody's done a better job than Rob Thompson. And when you, you, you just make the swap at manager and your team, you know, goes from night to day, it's that's to me, that's just the only criteria you really need. I mean, you, if you're if you're the fourth best team in baseball with one manager and, you know, bottom five team with one with the other, that's to me, that's clear cut. You know, you can make the argument that if Thompson had been at the helm all year, the Phillies could be in contention for the East, maybe even in the lead for the East. I don't know. We keep getting we keep shooting ourselves in the foot against the Mets. So I wouldn't say that we'd be in first place, but we would definitely be a better team record wise than what we are now. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, his only knock is obviously he took over June third, so he hasn't man he hasn't been the manager all year. Yeah. Has an interim um, manager ever won manager of the year before? I want to say Schilt got got nominated in eighteen at least, or he was a finalist. I'm not a hundred percent, but um I'm sure it's happened. Um but yeah, I mean, I was just reading an article the other day that um, uh, Bryce Harper went in on Girardi again, and he and his problem was basically that Girardi never played uh, Alec Bohm, Bryson Stott, or any of the other rookies, and he valued the veterans more. And you know, the veterans like Didi DeGorius and um, some of the other guys were just not as good as they used to be. No. And uh, that was hurting the team, and you can definitely tell because I mean I was, I was stupid, and I was like, you can't, you're gonna man, you're gonna fire this manager and act like it's the biggest problem. That's the Phillies' biggest problem. And I thought honestly it was gonna be there. I thought their biggest problem was defense and pitching. But ever since they fired him, everything has been fi- like working well. I mean, obviously their defense is not the greatest still, but I mean. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll go toe to toe with Keith Hernandez because the Phillies have less errors than the Mets do this season. Oh, but. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that Keith Hernandez uh, comment that was weird. Yeah, I did but, like I did like the Phillies retaliation to that though. Every time there was a good play, they put the sticker of Keith Hernandez. <laughs> Keith Hernandez approved. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's been a complete turnaround, and I kind of thought the same thing. You know, when the season started, I was like, "Man, here goes another year of our bullpen not being able to do anything." Yeah. And all of a sudden, Thompson just completely flips the ideology of how he uses his pitchers coming out of the pen, and they've got like the fifth best ERA as a bullpen in baseball. And that's with for a long stretch, I think about a month and a half there, they were doing bullpen games every fifth day because we didn't have a fifth starter. So that the bullpen has done a fantastic job and Rob Thompson's done an, like an amazing job utilizing his pitchers. I know at one point the Phillies had the Phillies bullpen had pitched the least amount of innings, like somewhere in the middle of them doing bullpen games every fifth day. And, you know, that's just unheard of. So just the way that he's managed the pitching staff has kind of, and just let the young guys play. You know, I think even he still gives Baum too many days off, but um, Bryson Stott becoming the the everyday shortstop was the right move to make, you know, that just kind of reinvigorated the whole team and uh, Baum playing, you know, most days at least is just, it, it spark plugged the team and Baum's a career over 300 hitter with runners in scoring position. And I tweeted this out the other day. 
it seems as though through three games of Bryce Harper being back, that Alec Bohm has totally unseated Bryce Harper from the number three spot in the lineup. Each game, yeah. Alec Bohm was batting third and Bryce, and, or, uh, Bryce Harper was batting fourth. So that that's kind of hard to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it was kind of weird. Cause like whenever Girardi got fired, they, um, they started talking about Ryan uh, Thompson or not Ryan Thompson, uh, Rob Thompson. Um, and they said, you know, he's basically Girardi too, like a carbon copy of Girardi. And so they were like, you're not going to see much of a difference because they've been together for what, ever since they were with the Yankees, basically. Yeah, I think Thompson was an assistant hitting coach for the Yankees, like when Girardi was there or something like that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so, but hey, Rob Thompson has really uh, shown that he can manage. And so that's good. Um, I have someone, I think it's Buck Showalter. Now that I think about it, um, Mm -hmm. Buck Showalter has really done really well for um, the Mets and he's kept them in line. Um, just been able to of injuries. Yeah. And he's just said, cause you know, being a Mets manager, you have to get ready cause you will start off really well. And then all of a sudden you kind of have a, uh, like a, just hit a bump in the road. And then all of a sudden your whole season falls apart. And that's why they always, you know, Mets fans are always like worried about, you know, the Mets going to Mets. I think they've coined that phrase mm-hmm. and the, they haven't, they've been full throttle and, the whole season. And so that's really cool. Um, I was stoked stoked when Scherzer and DeGrom got hurt as a Phillies fan, but then the Mets just kept winning. And I was like, well, this is a different team. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That was scary whenever, I mean, they just, uh, they got went down and you were like, you were like, okay, here it comes. And then it never came. And then all these guys stepped up. Um, Cookie Carrasco even stepped up a little bit. Um, and then that who's that new guy that pitcher like Peterson is it? Yeah, David heard, Peterson. Yeah, Peterson has been doing really well for them. And I mean, the they, worst part is Carrasco was a prospect in the Phillies organization. We dealt to the Indians for Cliff Lee years ago. Well, kind of worked out for you guys. Yeah, kind of. I mean, Cliff Lee didn't win a World Series with us, but he did put on one of the most historic months we've ever seen. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, Josh, do you have anyone, or do you have any thoughts on Buck Showalter? So, I want to argue against Buck Showalter. Okay. Even though I'm a Buck Showalter fan, because he is managing the Mets. And if I recall correctly, they have one of the highest payrolls out there. But it's really hard for me to argue against that with all the injuries they, they had all season. So, he's really done a great job. Um Thompson over in Philadelphia obviously has done a great job since Girardi left because Logan and I were, you know, Logan and I typically don't agree on a lot of things. This is one thing we agreed on was when they get rid of Girardi, Phillies are just going to tank out anyways, and and they've had the resurgence and they've been great. So um, that's something we were both wrong on, and, and we're not too proud to admit that we got something we were off on something. But I mean, I think those are two really really good prospects. Um, I don't care if the Cardinals win the World Series or not this year. Ollie Marmol better not be in consideration. I don't yeah. care if they win the division. I don't care how hot they get in September. I don't think he's earned it. Yeah. I think he's done a fairly good job as a first-year manager, but I do not believe he should even be in the considerations for manager of the year. 
I want to make that very clear. I'm not against Ali Marmol by any means, but I just don't think he's done enough um, and learned quick enough to make the right calls. I don't think anybody in the Central Division really did, <laughs> has earned it. Um, Craig Council definitely hasn't done enough with what he was given and, and the talent he had on the team. I can't give it to the Dodgers manager, and his name escapes me at the moment. Dave Robinson? Dave Roberts. Yeah. Dave Roberts, excuse me. Um, he's got a loaded stack lineup, too, so I don't care what the Dodgers do. He's got the payroll from, you know, the endless money pit, so he doesn't deserve it either. Uh, so I think you guys have two really good candidates um, out there, especially in the NL and in the same division. So I could see either one of those guys getting it. Yeah. Um, does Brian Snicker need to get uh, nominated? No. Or is it – because, I mean, the team was t- pretty bad at the beginning of the season, and then it turned around. Does that like, give him a little bit or – I'd say he, get nom- I'd say he could get some votes, you know, a nomination maybe, but I don't think that he has, you know, the firepower compared to the other two resumes yeah. to, to compete yeah. with that. Yeah, I'd agree with Ryan. He's just following the same format the Braves did last year to win the World Series and the defending champs. I mean, if, you won, if, if they won the World Series, maybe. But doesn't this award come out before the World Series is over? Yeah. It's a regular season award only. Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, I, I got to say no. I don't think he's anything spectacular. He didn't blow it out the water. He doesn't have. He's not going to have 115 wins at the end of the season, and they just got beat by uh, a not-top-five team in the league. They just lost the series against So. Um, top one. How have we switched positions on? I don't know. I was I was going to talk about this on Wednesday. You have become totally pessimistic, and I don't like it. I don't like no, the optimist. I don't. You're not a realist. They beat the Braves. <laughs> Deal with it. I mean, can, 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 we talk every, can we talk about how every scrub outfielder that the Braves pick up the last two years yeah. at the trade deadline somehow turns into gold for their team? Yeah. Jorge Soler, Robbie Grossman, like these guys are cast offs. Yeah. Even, uh, oh, who's the other guy? Rosario. Yeah. Edwin Rosario. I mean, he hasn't done anything this year, but damn. I mean, he showed up last year when it mattered. Yeah. Yeah. And this year, it's their prospects. And we'll get into the rookie of the years. But yeah, the prospects has been the real big story this year. Well, that, um, that was actually covered on ESPN last night. They were talking about how last year it was all the free agent pickups. And this year, what's bailed them out has been their prospects and, and their farm system. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting that you brought that up, unless you picked that up when I did. Um, watching the game. I got the ESPN I, I credit. Because uh, I didn't think the broadcast was that bad last night. I actually thought it was, it was fairly decent. And Alex Anthopoulos deserves, you know, a, a medal or a bronze star for the way that he manages those contracts for the Braves. I mean, Austin Riley at $21 million a year, Michael Harris at $8 million a year. I mean, the payroll for the Braves is just stupid for the next six years. Ozzy Albies is like $5 million a year through 2028. It's, it's yeah. insane. Yeah. The Braves will be good for the next five years. It's, it just is what it is. Yeah. Uh, and they're in talks right now uh, with Dansby Swanson. I don't know if those uh, talks went any further, but um, yeah. Let's. Uh, what about uh, AL? Do we have anybody on the AL that we think? If the Orioles make the playoffs, and it, if it's not Brandon Hyde, I'm going to burn burn the MLB studios to the ground. Like it, if the yeah. Orioles make the playoffs, it has to be Brandon Hyde. There's no right. way, shape, or form it can't be. Yeah. 
Brandon Hyde is a really good one. Um, a month ago, I would have said Aaron Boone. Yeah. But that's kind of gone down. Um, Seattle's manager? Yeah, I mean, Scott did, Service. Did yeah, nomination? He's, yeah he, he should be nominated. Uh, Terry Francona, maybe. Just um, Terry Francona has a look on him, or not look. Because uh, I was listening to someone talk about the the Guardians yesterday, and they were talking about how, you know, they kind of had this really rough spot. And look, they're not the greatest team in the play- that's going to make the playoffs this year. Um, they'll probably get knocked out in the first round. But um, the way he's managing the team, like a lot of these guys, like they were talking about how Stephen Kwan kind of went downhill because they say, you know, they uh, uh, he was trying to be more of a power hitter. And they said, you don't have to be a power hitter, just be a contact hitter. And then they, so he solidified that role. And then they have some of the other guys doing specific roles and it's worked out for them this season. And, you know, not that there's much competition. So I think he should get nominated whether or not he should win. I don't know. That's uh, maybe Dusty, Dusty Baker should get a, nomination but i mean how much of that is him it's kind of like the same with brian snicker and dave roberts yeah not with some of the moves i've seen dusty baker make recently do i even uh, think he should be nominated for manager of the year yeah um logan yeah. Was talking about because we debated yeah. this the other night. <laughs> yeah he doesn't like that uh justin verlander got t- taken out during the no hitter seemed I, I think i saw that uh verlander didn't care about that I mean, at that at that point in his career, how many no hitters has he thrown? He's thrown a couple, hasn't he? I think yeah, two. Yeah, I think he's thrown two. I mean, if you got two under your belt, you know, it's not like Clayton Kershaw getting pulled at, at the perfect game. You know, he's already got yeah. the no hitter. He he Verlander's out there for fun at this point. You know, there his plaque at Cooperstown's made. You know, he's he's just out there enjoying life at this point. So I'm he's sure trying to get the careless. He's trying to get the uh, what is it, the World Series because he hasn't. He only has one, and he probably yeah. should have two. Yeah, he's part of that daunted, you know, Tigers rotation that ended up being great when they all went everywhere else. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. So rookie of the year, bet on it. Um. Let's go to rookie of the year. Okay. Um. Let me get to my notes. Let's go to NL. NL first. Um. I think the favorite right now is uh, Spencer Strider. I think rightfully so. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think he uh, definitely deserves it this year. Um, hold on. I'm pulling up his his stats right now. Um, he's got a 287 ERA, 146 ERA plus, 1.03 whip, and a 205 FIP. Um, yeah, he's just uh, – He's just really good for a rookie. Um, yeah. So, I mean, is he – I mean, he's my favorite, I think. Is he anyone else's favorite? Yeah, he's my favorite too. But you know what? His teammate that just got the extension, Michael Harris, is <laughs> – he's, he's making a hell of a run at it. You know, Michael Harris is batting two ninety eight um, with 13 home runs and less than 300 at-bats. Uh, he's got 15 steals, getting on base at a 343 clip and slugging over 500. So for an OPS plus of 
135. So, I mean, you know, he, he just got that nine year deal. That's $8 million a year. I would take that production at $8 million a year every time that I could get it. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah, sure. it, yeah. To, me, to me, it's Strider, but that's, I think Harris is going to make it close. Yeah. I think it's Strider too. Uh, but I think Harris deserves it more. Um, and I think this goes back to me being that I'm a romantic about the sport, and I think his story is a better story. Um, you know, double A call up, gets his chance, and he just takes full advantage. Um, he's going to be an all star for years to come, most likely, unless he has a really, really bad sophomore and, and junior year. The kid's got talent, he's got speed, he can play defense, he hits. I mean, <laughs> Atlanta stolen, Atlanta stolen straight out. I mean, there's, there's, he deserves to get paid, as Logan would like to say, so much more money. I mean, this is an absolute steal for Atlanta long term. I mean, if you look at five years, this kid should be making twenty five million a year, is what Logan would say. And in this one, I'd probably agree with him for once. Um, at least you know somewhere between the eighteen and twenty two million dollars a year. So I mean, I, I, I prefer Harris in this one. Over Strider, but Strider definitely, I think he's the favorite. And I don't, if Harris has a great September, we can see it happen. Yeah, I guess the month of September here probably matters a little bit more than the other awards we're going to talk about because this one to me is is the closest of the major awards that we're going to discuss, you know, and it just happens to be between two teammates. So I'm sure, you know, that there's some locker room, you know, like, hey, man, I'm going to get that type deal, you know, and that. That's the Braves' culture, man. They just look like they're having fun. But, yeah, you touched on all the intangibles. He plays great defense, has a cannon for an arm, speed to cover all the ground in center field. You know, when Ronald Acuna went down and he was moved to right field because of his knee issues, it's like it, are they going to be able to replace him with somebody that can actually play center field? And they seem to have done that just fine. So, Yeah. Um, the team I know that had to do the same thing this year. <laughs> oh. Yeah, like, can we just give the entire Rookie of the Year uh, award to the Atlanta Braves? Like, because, I mean, Von Grisham comes up, and looks, and he's only played 18 games, but he's come up and done really well. Um, so, I mean. I guess, I guess the sleeper here is O'Neal Cruz, and that's just because of how much attention he gets, but I really yeah. don't think that he did. Like, he gets more attention than he deserves, so he'll probably get more votes for this award than he deserves. Yeah. But, yeah, he. I mean, yeah, six foot. Have you six. seen the betting odds on Shorts him though? What? Either one of you? Have you guys seen no. the betting odds on him? Yeah, I checked that. I checked, yeah, I checked that earlier. I was like, oh my god, how's it that much? I figured it'd be a lot less. Um, you know, I think it's cool that the Cubs have two guys in the running. If you look at the top betting positions, the Braves have two, the Cardinals have two. Uh, the Pirates have one and the Reds have one. So it's like it's the Braves and it's the central division of the NL. Um, yeah. So it, it, to me, I find that a little bit more interesting. I mean, you got six, seven, well, six, yeah, six prospects out of the central that are in the running there. So, I mean, to be fair, most of the central, I mean, outside of the Cardinals are young rebuilding teams. You know, you look at Cincinnati, you look at Pittsburgh, they've been terrible yeah, for some time. Suck. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, yeah. 
I would they have to get some rookie of the year, you know, award candidates because their entire lineup is made of rookies. That's a good point. I yeah. expected Sayas and Zuki to be a little bit higher, but he did have the injury that kept him out for part of the season. Um, yeah. And his production kind of tailed off a little bit there. Um, but no surprise that happens. Uh, but Christopher Morrell. Yeah, that was who I was going to bring up. Yeah. I mean, he is – this is coming from a Cardinals guy. He is so much fun to watch. He's not You're Michael Harris man. good. <laughs> he's not. He's not Michael Harris good. But hard to believe with how he's been talking lately. Man, yeah. again, realist. I try to keep my emotions in check right now because you told me I need to be less biased. I alley uh, that one, you, Logan. I know. I just got slammed. But he is just so much fun to watch. Um, he's got a good back, good speed, plays good defense. Um, he is going to be a future star for the Cubs down the road. And for years to come, he's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm going to enjoy watching him in the rivalry. And yeah. just like Chris Bryant, they'll talk about him getting traded for three years, and then he'll just sign with somebody else in free agency when his rookie deal's up. Yeah. I can come on play with us. <laughs> yeah. I think um, my, biggest, my biggest disappointment for that award is Joey Bart, man. Like the catcher for the Giants. I had such high hopes oh, yeah. for him. I, I thought he was going to be, you know, a fantastic prospect because he could he could hit. And, you know, a lot of catchers, especially nowadays, it's kind of like, oh, well, can you can you pitch frame? Can you play some good defense back there? And he, he just, just fell, fell flat on his face. He was sent down earlier in the year with struggles. I mean, he, he's been a huge disappointment for me. I thought for sure he was going to be in contention for this award. He was their favorite. Yeah, I, I remember hearing about him the at the beginning of the year. I think he was my favorite to win it. I've been hearing about Bart for a couple of years now, but that's just because I follow a lot of the minor league prospects. Um, it, it's he was. I mean, he reminds me a lot of Tommy Joseph. I don't know if you guys remember who that is, but he was a catcher prospect for the Giants that got dealt to the Phillies in the Hunter Pence deal, and. Huh. Um, he just ended up with like seven concussions, so they moved him to first base where he also couldn't hit or play defense. So then they shipped him off to Japan. Gosh, I found Japan. Yeah, um, and then one one more I want to do, and this is just because I'm a little bit of a homer, but I didn't realize how good he was this year. Uh, Brendan Donovan. Um, how did you not realize how good he was? I mean, I knew he was good, but I didn't know he was still in the com- in the com- conversation for rookie of the year. But he's like top five. I oh think. shoot, man, he's he's so busy he's... hating on Harrison Bader. Yeah, right. Oh, that's true. <laughs> and the thing is, he didn't uh, realize he's getting Harrison Bader with the long hair and the flashy slides and everything else. He's the replacement. Yeah, right. But like, he actually um, gets on base. Yeah. Oh <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, he's got a 299 batting average, 404 on base, uh, 789 OPS and a 130 OPS plus. He's played 95 games, so that's probably going to hurt him just because he's been a utility guy this whole year. But he's got 350 at-bats uh, or plate appearances. So, I mean, uh, and, in all honesty, when it comes to Rookie of the Year award, you know, you got to – I mean, the criteria to qualify for it is 130 plate appearances for the season. I mean, they understand, like – more than likely the rookie came up like in May, yeah. maybe June at some point, you know, so it's. Yeah, for sure. My um, problem here is, that, and here would be my argument for Donovan actually winning the award. Okay. I said it's an argument. I didn't say it's a great argument. It's an argument. Okay. So before you give me the look. Okay. Donovan has succeeded 
in playing every defensive position the Cardinals have put him in all season long. He's got, what, two errors the entire season. Sometimes he can make throws from third base that um, Arenado makes. I mean, he works the count as good as any season veteran at the plate. I think he draws more pitches per plate appearance than, than 99% of the other players in baseball. Um, but he can play – he literally can play any defensive position. He, the, the guy carries five gloves. I mean, the only positions he hasn't played this year are – I don't think he's – he hasn't pitched. He hasn't been behind the plate. I don't think he's started a game at center field, but I think he's started games at every other position on the field. He's played in center field. He hasn't – I don't know if he's started. He's starting center field, though? I don't know if he has or not. I know he played in center field. I just don't remember him starting oh. in the center. Um, but he has started in every other position in the, in the ballpark. The guy is more vers- as versatile as any player the Cardinals have seen in my lifetime that I can think of. Um, he is a true utility player. He can play anywhere. He's valuable everywhere. And he's one of the best hitters out there at working the count. And as a rookie, he's one of the best hitters out there. So that would be my argument to him being a finalist or, you know, a, you know, a runner up, um, especially if Strider has a really bad September and Harris continues to do what he's doing, or if Strider and Harris both fall off a cliff and Donovan continues to do what he's doing, he could win it. I don't, it's a long shot, but that would be my argument for it. Yeah. Sounds like he's supposed to be, or like he is what Daniel Descalso was supposed to be. Oh, I love Daniel Descalso. Fantastic. Fantastic defender. Yeah, he was really good, and he was he was kind of underrated and scrappy. Like, he just – I mean, it seemed like he always got a hit. He just would slap it one way, slap it the other way, slap it this way. I mean, he was a very in-the-moment – like, the other day I was talking to – I think it, on uh, Cardinals Chronicles, and uh, he had he plays he played baseball so smart, and it was, like, one of my favorite things. Like, whenever he was up to bat – he saw that, you know, the first two guys uh, walked on eight pitches. So what is the first thing he shouldn't do? Not He should not swing at the first pitch. So he took the, takes the first pitch. And then he works the counts. I mean, he was really good. Um, I loved him. Anyways, that's enough on Daniel Descalso. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, Brandon Donovan was kind of surprised he was so high on that list. Um, AL. Uh, now, Ryan says that this is – Cut and dry, pretty much. Yeah, uh, Julio, Julio Rodriguez is the favorite. Um, I mean, he's been he's done really well. He just got the bag. Um, that was a great I, signing for Seattle too. Taking the Braves' approach of signing your young guys before they get way too expensive. Well, like the contract, uh, I was reading up on some of the contract today, and it's like there's options for 16 and 18 years. Yeah. And oh my gosh. Like, yeah, like that thing is so complicated and so smart on the Mariners and smart for him because Does he gets a guaranteed what, 210? 210. And maximum what, 470? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's good both ways. I mean, especially if he performs, I mean, he'll make nearly half a million dollars off payroll alone. Forget, don't forget what he's going to get off endorsements and, and everything else he's going to sign. And do I mean he, he's he gonna make his money one way or another? Yep. Yeah, he's got tw- 
21 home runs, 65 RBIs, uh, 23 stolen bases, 264 batting average, 323 on base, 790 OPS, and a 129 OPS plus. Um, he's he started off really bad. Um, he was getting he just was striking out looking, and uh, and then he turned it around. And I think I think hitting 81 home runs really put him on the map in the home run derby was, and that was just unreal. Um, so yeah, does anybody else want to talk about him real quick? No, I mean, there's not too much to say about Julio Rodriguez, you know, a five tool player, you know, if he can get the average, you know, and stay consistent with how he's played, you know, outside of the first month that he came up. Um, and he's really invigorated that team. You know, you think about the Mariners, you think of get, like, falling off in the second half and they haven't done that this year, you know, could have something to do with the youth movement. And I know he hasn't played nearly as well, but Jared Kalanick, same thing. I mean, they're, they're keeping the young guys up and, you know, youth baseball is becoming a young person sport and it just seems to be moving that way. But, you yeah, know, not much on J-Rod other than I think that this award is, uh, unless he just has, you know, the worst September out of any rookie in history, I think this award's his. Yeah. Um. Basically, the runner-up right now is Adley Rushman. Um, come on. Uh, Adley has, uh, let's see, eight home runs. And this is out of uh, 328 uh, plate appearances, uh, 25 RBIs, a 254 batting average, 363 on base, 805 OPS, and a one, uh, 129 OPS plus. Oh. Um yeah. So right now he has, let's see, uh, Julio has 114 hits and Adley has 70. Uh, I mean, they're pretty close. I think J-Rod has played, you know, substantially more games than, than Rutschman has. Uh, let's see, 111 to 79. So, yeah, it's about, what, 30 games right there? I mean, I think Adley Rutschman, me personally, is probably the best prospect to, you know, be in baseball in the last few years. Very rarely do you see, I mean, coming out of Oregon State, you know, people were drooling over this guy. I think he's, like I said, arguably the best prospect in the last few years. He could hit, switch hitter, obviously, so he can hit from both sides of the plate. Uh, He gets on base. He sees pitches really well for a rookie. I mean, a 363 OBP is, you know, nothing to bat an eye at. Um to me, he's just not as dynamic of a player. To And granted, yes, the Orioles are on a tear at this point, and they're looking like a, a playoff team. I never thought I'd say that. But they're looking like a playoff team, and a lot of that has to do with Adley Rutschman, you know, the youth movement in baseball. But I think he's just not nearly as dynamic, and he plays a criminally, you know, undervalued position in catching. Um, catchers aren't re- awarded enough, in my opinion, for anything. So it'll be J-Rod, but – I like Adley. I like Ad. I actually like Adley's career long term as a catcher more than like. I feel like Adley will be a better catcher than J. Rod will be an outfielder if that makes sense. Like compared to their peers. Yeah, I yeah. agree with you actually. Uh, yeah. So I got one other kid I want to throw into the mix here. Not that I think he's going to win. I, I think this is clearly J. Rod and Adley Rushman is one and two. And he comes from a team I. Have a hard time talking about, but uh, he's a Houston Astro, Jeremy Pena at shortstop. I knew it. Yeah, this kid, man, 
He is very quietly. He has made play after play after play. He looks like he is going to be a defensive stud, and Houston hit gold with him. Um, this guy makes freaking plays. I'm talking web gym type stuff. So he caught my eye over the weekend. I did a little bit of fiddling around looking for him. Looks like he's going to be a good player for long term. Houston looks like they have found their replacement for all the guys they lost. And uh, they went. If Houston becomes Alabama and just starts reloading and stays good year after year after year, I'm, I'm going to have a major problem. Um, I mean, to talk, to talk on another guy near that area, too, I mean, he probably gets a little bit, uh, you know, more recognition than he deserves because of his name. But Bobby Witt Jr., you know, he's not he, – he hasn't had a fantastic year. Uh, but, I mean, as a rookie, he's two homers away from joining J-Rod in the 2020 club. He actually has more stolen bases. Um, he, he just has to show a little bit more with the bat. But, I mean, that was kind of to be expected. You know, he was considered an elite defensive prospect when he first came up. So, And he's only 21 years old. So, I mean, the clock's not exactly ticking on him. Yeah. Uh, nope, he just turned 22. So, oh well, he will be the uh, future for the Royals. For yeah, sure. and my bad. He's getting old. The clock. He, he's done. He, if he's only get him out. Get him out. <laughs> Send him to the Cardinals. Uh, yeah. Shortstop, I guess. Yeah. Well, um, he's played third and second too. Yeah. You can we'll fit him in there. Um. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Pena. That's a good one. He. I mean, they were really comfortable with getting uh, giving him the starting position at uh, shortstop, and that's why they didn't give Carlos Correa the money, really, because uh, they were like, well, we don't need you right now. We have uh, Jeremy Pena. The, uh, I mean, the thing about – and I know you said you didn't think he was going to win, but I didn't realize he's kind of uh, tipped over. Uh, 242 batting average, 282 uh, on base. 690 OPS and a 96 OPS plus. It's not the, I mean, just under average, but it's whatever. Um, good for a rookie, I think. Um, anyways, is there any other rookies we want to talk about real quick? George Kirby. I don't think he gets enough recognition. Starting pitcher for Toronto. Started 18 games, 97 and two-thirds innings with 102 strikeouts. Uh, he's five and three with a – or. Or sorry, Seattle. Excuse me, not Toronto. I don't know why. I, I, was, I was so confused. I was like, "Hold on, yeah. I haven't listed as a Mariner." Yeah, he definitely is a Mariner. My bad, but um, yeah, no, five and three with a three three two ERA, eighteen games, ninety seven innings, hundred and two strikeouts, hundred and twenty or one point two zero WHIP. I mean, he, he's quietly, you know, his ERA plus one eleven. So I mean, he's quietly having one of the better years, but uh, seems to be dominated by his teammate. Really, it's long Gilbert a. Uh... A rookie, uh, Logan Gilbert. Um, no, I think he would have qualified last year, if I'm not mistaken. <coughs> Twenty-four but, game started last year. Never mind. Yeah. Why did I think he was a rookie this year? Anyways, um, yeah. Because so, he was yeah. terrible last year. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So there's a uh, Logan Gilbert, or not Logan Gilbert, the rookie of the year class. Um, Josh, you want to go ahead and give a uh, ad read before we move on to the next one? Sure. So let's give a shout out to uh, In the Clutch, uh, another one of our great sponsors here at Variety Sports Network. 
Um, so In the Clutch hooks you up on everything and anything you buy off their website. It is a sports apparel store. And let me tell you, they have something for everyone and basically every player you're looking for. The day they picked us up, I immediately went and started looking for gifts for Logan. I found a Trey Turner shirt for him, and I found a Juan Soto shirt that won't work for him anymore because that they started they picked us up when uh, he was in Washington. So I've not been back to look for a new Juan Soto shirt. I found me a couple of Yadier Molina shirts, a Wayno shirt. My dad, I'll go to In the Clutch, check them out. When you go to and when you go to checkout. Now, this is important. Listen very closely. When you go to checkout and you put in the code, it's got to be all caps and variety sports. They're going to give you 10% off your entire order, no restrictions. So make sure you go check out In the Clutch. Lots of cool stuff, apparel and whatnot. Um, it's all it's all fun stuff, man. They got fun shirts. So go check them out. Um, that's In the Clutch. And when you go to checkout, it's variety sports in all caps, and that's 10% off your whole order. Good job. Oh, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. So let's move on to the Cy Young. Uh, Ryan is very stubborn. He's like, mm. good job. Mm. Uh, uh, let's see. For the AL. Uh, For the Justin AL. Bear. Yeah. You want to go to the NL? I mean, that's why I went. Yeah, you that's fair. Let's go ahead. AL. Not okay. bad. Okay. Save the best for last. Um, Justin Verlander, obviously, um, he's all, it seems like every year he's in contention for it. Um, uh, 184, uh, ERA and 152 innings pitched, uh, 207 ERA plus 272 FIP and a 0.85 whip leads the league in the ERA, ERA plus and, uh, whip. So, yeah. Um, uh, pretty great this year. Um, coming off Tommy John surgery too. Ripe age of thirty nine years old. Yeah, yeah, that's He's like wine. He gets better with time. Yeah. What do you? Yeah, you know, we touched we touched on it at this point. I think Verlander's just kind of out there, like you said, to get a World Series, and secondly, to have fun. I mean. Yeah. Any award that he qualifies for, he's going to win. That being the AL Comeback Player of the Year and the AL Cy Young. Um, yeah. There's no reason that he shouldn't win either. I mean, he could have an atrocious September by his standards and still probably blow this competition out of the water, which is really sad because Dylan Cease and Shane McClanahan have both had fantastic seasons, yeah. uh, particularly Cease because you look at the White Sox as a whole and they've been disappointing. Um, Giolito is supposed to be the ace up there. He hasn't really lived up to expectations. So Cease is kind of, you know, he's essentially the AL Sandy Alcantara where he's just on a bad team, but he's pitching really well. Um, yeah. Cool. Bryce Harper doubles and Reese Hoskins scores. Nice. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, Verlander, I mean, he's just fantastic in every aspect of the word fantastic. So I, I think that this award is a runaway for him. Yeah, um, yeah. Shane McClanahan and Dylan Cease are the pretty much the runner-ups. Uh, Shane McClanahan, two twenty-seven ERA, uh, one seventy-five ERA plus, three hundred eight uh, FIP, and a one dot one two WHIP. Um, I wonder how many pit, uh, innings he's thrown. One hundred forty-seven. So he's right there with uh, uh, Verlander. Verlander is averaging six and a half innings to start, which is roughly about an inning less than his uh, 
last Cy Young year when he was averaging about seven and a half innings. I mean, age will do that to you, I guess, though. Yeah, right. Um, well, let's talk about that real quick because uh, Verlander, they, they, what the thing that's going around right now is his stats as the MVP in 2011 and his stats this year. And he's having better a better season this year than he did in his MVP year, mm-hmm. uh, which is just awesome. Um, I don't want to go through the whole stats, but he's, I mean, it's not like he's just barely beating it. He's beating it pretty, pretty handedly. Um, so, yeah, that's really cool. Uh, mm-hmm. Pitched 251 innings that year, too. Good Lord. He's the last of a dying breed. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't even classify Max Scherzer in the same conversation as him, as in like guys that, and not that he does this anymore because he's 39, but you could give Verlander the ball and he would go nine innings. Uh, that He's probably the last of the dying breed there in that sense. So, but yeah, he's just fantastic. I mean, what he's doing at this age is unspeakable. It's unseen before. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, Scherzer and Wayno, even at their age, like they're up there too. And they're still phenomenal pitchers. But Verlander is just in a whole other realm. Um, and I, I was not high on him coming into the season, coming off the Tommy John surgery with his age. Um, that was my biggest concern. I thought that was a major mistake, the contract they gave him. And I got to eat crow on that one too um, because – I just didn't have enough faith that they, that the old the old man was going to be able to come back from Tommy John surgery and be what he was in the past, and I was very wrong. <laughs> he is, yeah, as it turns out, they underpaid him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look Basically. at it now, absolutely. Yeah, Scherzer, who's younger than him, is making more money than him and having a worse year. That's because what Scherzer's got getting what forty million a year, forty three, I think. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, compared to Verlander, everybody's having a worse year. Yeah. So that's true. Yeah. That's that's amazing. He's he said he was like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna opt out of this year. I'm doing too well. I was like Yeah. I, I mean there'll still be some balking at you know, giving him big time contracts because of his age, but if you look at his performance and then look at the contract Scherzer got with the Mets despite his injury history, I mean there's, you could make the argument that the market's going to say Verlander gets forty-five million dollars a season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, man, could you imagine I mean, that? I, yeah. I mean, he's probably going to want a three-year contract. Yeah, that that's going to be the only thing. He's going to want three, four years because he's like, oh yeah, I want to play like Nolan Ryan. I want to play for. I'm 45 years old. I'm like, good lord. Imagine him saying that in like his late 20s and everybody laughing at him. And then you look at him this year, you're like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, are we talking about Tom Brady or are we talking about Verlander? I mean, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, he's something. He's something else. Um, so the NL, uh, uh, Cy Young, I think the favorite is uh, Sandy Alcantara. Mm-hmm. Um, but I honestly, I think Tony Gonsolin. I think that's more of a converse. I think that's more of a conversation than I realized it would be. Um, Tony Gonsolin, he's having a really good year this season. Um, 
but uh, hold on, because I started talking before I could even. That's fine. I'll fill I'll fill in the conversation. So yeah. I have the odds up actually for NL Cy Young and Gonsolin sitting at plus forty two hundred, and his teammate yeah. Julio Urias is actually in front of him. Yeah, Julio is uh, having a really good year too. Um, but uh, so who do you think is the favorite on this one? Uh, I think Alcantara is probably the favorite. He has a little bit of Felix Hernandez syndrome. If you remember for years, Felix Hernandez would dominate the AL and have like a 12 and 12 record because the Mariners were just a God awful organization that would win 60 games a season. Um, I think he's, he's plagued a little bit by that. And granted, he's kind of slowing up a little bit. I know his ERA was 181 at one point. It's now sitting at 213. So he seemed, he's, he's kind of backing off the gas a little bit, if you even want to call it that. But uh, to be honest, I mean, Corbin Burns and Max Freed, I mean, I, I like Max Freed to potentially take this award personally. Uh, just he, the way he's pitched really since, um, what's his name? The dude that tore his Achilles uh, hasn't uh, pitched Soroka. in yeah, Mike Soroka. I mean, really, the way that – because Soroka was supposed to be the ace. You know, he was the end-all, be-all for the Braves rotation, and then all of a sudden he went down, and Max Freed kind of stepped in, and he, he's pitched fantastic for the last couple of years. And the way – you know, he's got the September experience. He's got – he's pitched in big games. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he wins the award, uh, but that's just me for – uh, really, it's going to be Alcantara because they kind of moved away from record mattering so much. But yeah. I think Max Reed could easily win this award too. Twelve and four with a two five two ERA. Yeah, he's having a really underrated year this year too. Um, Sandy Alcantara, uh, Alcantara, uh, twenty six game starts uh, started one hundred and eighty five innings pitched, uh, two thirteen ERA. Uh, 190 or a plus 287 FIP and a 0.98 whip. Uh, Tony Gonsolin having a 210 uh, ERA, 197 ERA plus 334 FIP and a 0.86 whip. Uh, he has 128 innings pitched though. Um, yeah, and then Max Freed, obviously. Uh, I'll look at him in a second. Uh, Josh, what do you think? Ryan and I are kind of on the same page on this one. Um, yeah, I think Sandy gets it, um, but Max Freed was kind of was my underdog pick to come in and take it with the everything he's done this season, the whole situation he got uh, stepped into, um, having to become the number one guy, and he's handled it with extreme professionalism, and he's done the job correctly. So I, I mean, honestly, Ryan, Ryan stole my thunder. So I'm just going to sit back. Great, and great, great honestly, to like, man. It's okay. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Uh, so how yeah. do we how do we all feel about Edwin Diaz actually being in the conversation for NL Cy Young? Do you think closers should even be in the talks? I think the closers should have their own award. I mean, there well, is a reliever of the year award. A reliever of the year. Well, yeah, but no, I mean like closer of the year, like shut down. They should be called like the shutdown man award or something, where it's just strictly closers, and it goes to the best closer. I think that's one thing that baseball is missing. Um, unless there is an actual closers award that I don't know about, um, and that could be true, but I think I mean, that's really what reliever of the year is more of a closers yeah. award. Typically, yeah, but I mean, I like having a reliever award, and I would like to have a closer award because they are designated as two different kinds of pitchers. 
I think I think um, I mean for if for years you know the award then would have gone to Mariano Rivera in the AL and Trevor Hoffman in the NL and nobody else would have even been thought about. Yeah. And then you look at today's day and age where a lot of teams kind of use a closer by committee based on the matchups. So, I, I mean, I think it'd be a little bit, I guess that would make the award, you know, that much more special if you are a full-time closer, but. Well, I mean, I if know. Diaz is in it, I think Helsley should be in it. That, that's where I'm going with this. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know about Edwin Diaz being a considered for Cy Young. Um I feel like if a closer in the odds. <laughs> yeah. He's uh it's just like for me if if you're going to be a closer cuz you have to have cuz all your all your stats have to be adjusted basically. Right. So um so he's got 51 innings pitched um in 51 games and he's got a 140 ERA and a .91 whip. Um, I feel like it should be under one if he's going to be considered. Yeah, I feel like you need to be a little – like I know he he went like two months without giving up an earned run or something like that, but, yeah, I yeah. still feel like one for ERA is just not – it's not dominant enough, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's really dominant for a closer, and that's exactly what you want, but yeah, it's just not the best thing I could – I don't think that's a good enough conversation. Like Mariano Rivera, that's just how good Mariano Rivera was back then, like – he would he would shut you down all the time, and I, and I feel like the biggest, he's the last one who won. Right. The biggest thing about Mariano Rivera was he had one pitch. Everybody knew that he was going to throw a cutter. The whole ballpark knew it, and yeah. he still got everybody out. I, I mean, it's yeah. It as, as a professional hitter, you're taught to to sit on a pitch. You only had one pitch to sit on, and he still couldn't hit it. Yeah, it, he was he was something. He was something else. Um. Yeah, that's interesting though. I never heard of that one. Uh, Edwin Diaz. They need but, to get uh, Aaron Nola's name off these odds ASAP, dude. I love, I love my Phillies guys to death. I really cannot stand the fact that I'm looking at the odds and I see Aaron Nola's name ahead of guys like Zach or ahead of Spencer Strider and Zach Gallen. I mean, Jesus, like, yeah, it's it's it's, it's his next start's going to be in September. So we all know that Aaron Nola and September. Uh, don't go together very well, so he's obviously going to fall apart. Um, he's not a, a true number one. I'm going to go on a rant here for about 30 seconds. Aaron Nola is not a true number one. I don't care what all the Phillies fans say. Um, I've been saying this for years. The guy is soft in September. I call him softy September because he just his 4-2-6 career ERA in September does not scream number one to me. So he can have you know the .89 whip he has on the road. That's fantastic but I don't want to hear that he's a number one because he does not do number one things. He doesn't have that dog in him. He, he pitches in great humidity. Um, he hasn't pitched a single game in October, so uh, he's not a number one to me. Is he? Get his name off the Cy Young, please. Thank you. He's considered the Phillies ace? No, Wheeler's kind of taken the role by I me mean, for years. People were like, Aaron yeah. Ola's a number one. He's disrespected by the league. And I'm like, you're disrespecting yourself by saying that. Please stop. Yeah, sounds familiar. Um, yeah, so, but uh, yeah, that's Cy Young for uh, is that a, is that a Jack Flaherty comment? Oh no, no. <laughs> oh, that's why I took it was. I mean, that's why I thought he was going with it. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was like, man, do, do the Cardinals fans think about that with Jack Flaherty too? No. Well, that's I mean, a they do. Split, man. Yeah, 
yeah, that's it's an annoying split. No, that's not, that's not who I was talking about. Uh, I want to go back to the AL real quick. I want to talk about Framber Valdez because he's done really good. I think he's he uh, has the longest streak of consecutive uh, quality starts. I think it's 26 right now. Yeah, um, I saw that the other day. I was like, damn, that's crazy. I believe he's the one who no-hit the Yankees. Um, maybe I'm wrong. But uh, 265 ERA, 112 whip, 318 FIP, and a 143 ERA plus. He's not going to win it, but I think he should be mentioned because he's having a really good year for the um, the Astros. <clears throat> um, okay, MVP. Uh, which one do we want to start off with? AL. AL? Yeah, I was about to say, let's start out with the AL. Okay, the AL MVP. It's pretty much a – I mean, it's Aaron Judge, basically. Uh, no. Aaron Judge and everyone else. Um, if Aaron Judge hits 120 with zero home runs in the month of September, I'll reconsider, but I agree with that statement. I mean, he leads uh, He leads uh, the AL in RBIs, home runs. Uh, home runs with 49, uh, RBIs with 109. Uh, he's got a 293 batting average, 393 on base, 655 slugging, 1.048 OPS, and a 195 OPS plus. He leads the league in slugging OPS and OPS plus, by the way. Um, yeah, he's just uh, – he bet on himself this year, and he's – Kicking ass and taking names for sure. Uh, what do you guys think about Aaron Judge? He's- uh, I think I think the Yankees are in trouble um, <laughs> because as they've come out and stated that they want to stay under the luxury tax. Well, you're going to have to let some people walk, or Aaron Judge is going to have to walk. The, yeah. I mean, it, it, that's really what it comes down to. I mean, he's like I said, if he bats 120 and has zero home runs in the month of September, I'll reconsider. You know, your state your opening statement, but this is. This is the Aaron Judge Award. They should change it to the AJ MVP instead of the AL MVP because it's it's just his name on it. I mean, yeah. you can sit here and tell me Otani's very good at hitting and very good at pitching. That is fantastic, man. I mean, Judge was on Bond's pace at one point. So yeah, yeah, they were talking about him breaking the well breaking the original record of sixty-two home runs. I don't think he's going to get it. I was saying before the show, he's just hit that slump kind of and with the Yankees and I, I don't see him getting 62. Uh, I hope he does actually 61 is the record. Never mind. Well, yeah. 61. Yeah. Ties the record. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, who are y'all's uh, backups or like, hold who on, do you think? Hold on, hold on. Oh, hold on. okay. I agree with you. Judge should get it, but since nobody else will make an argument for Otani, I'll make the argument. It's very short and very simple. Dude plays two positions. He pitches and wins. He hits and the ball flies. He's doing something that nobody else in the MLB is doing still. I know he's gotten it before and uh, he's, you know, the new wonder of baseball. But uh, he's still doing something that nobody else is doing. No other team has a player that does what he does. And that makes him a little more valuable than any other player in baseball right now because he goes both ways. Um, do I think Otani's going to win it? No. Do I think he deserves to win it? No. 
not this year, not just because Judge has been incredible. Um, but as long as Shohei Otani is a winning pitcher and one of the better hitters in the league, and when I say one of the better hitters, I'm talking OPS of, you know, 115 or better, or OPS plus 115 or better, and he's batting average near 300, and he's cranking 20 home runs and hitting for 75 RBIs. He's got to be in the considerations. He's got to be in the talks, and whether we like it or not, he has to – he has a good argument every year that he does that because he, if he does both well, he's more valuable. And we're talking about most valuable player to their team. He is one of the most valuable players in the MLB. There's, can't say he's not. Um, but Judge has been incredible this year, so Judge is going to win it. But nobody else, we couldn't find anybody making an argument for Shohei Otani because they know Judge is going to win it. So I'll make it just because it needs to be out there. He is one of the most valuable players in the MLB, if not the most valuable player. And that, you know, that's a great point that you make. Like he is going to be top two every year and it's always going to take somebody having a season like Judge is having where you talk about him breaking, you know, the 61 homer mark or, you know, breaking some kind of record. That's the type of season it's going to take in the AL for as long as Shohei Otani is there for him not to win this MVP award. I mean, you could pencil him in as the favorite every year until somebody has a season like what Judge is having this year. Um, yeah. He'll always he'll always finish top two because seasons like what Judge is having don't don't happen twice in one year. So, but yeah, I, I agree. You know, ultimately, if we're talking grand scheme down the road, you know, who am I taking in five years? It's going to like for five years starting as a franchise is going to be Otani because he can do both things very well. But this year, I mean. Judges on a record-setting pace, so yeah. Uh, now there might be a team here in the next couple of years that has another player that does that, and we'll see how that pans out. But they'll probably be in different leagues. So then we're going to be in the same. If if it pans out, we're going to have the same situation in the NL that we have in the AL, and it's just going to get interesting at that point. Yeah, my thing against Otani is yes, you you know. At some point, it becomes just a novelty type thing or, um, you know, the gimmick. Like, oh, he does he does what no other player does. Yes, I get that. But I think if he needs to be truly – like right now he's got 28 home runs, 77 RBIs, 265 batting, 358 on base, 874 OPS, and a 145 OPS plus. And then D, uh, pitching – He's got 267 ERA, uh, 151 ERA plus, and a 1.06 whip. That's really good. I think for me, if he has to be like to truly be MVP, otherwise it's just going to get like he's just going to get it just because of that one thing. Uh, he has to lead the league in one of those areas. Like if he leads all pitching, um, then I think that would make him a MVP, like instantly. Well, that makes him uh, an MVP and a Cy Young. Yeah, yeah, basically. So you're saying he, and, and I, I understand your argument. I'm not saying it's a bad argument, but let's have this out real quick. Okay. So you're saying ultimately, because he's more talented and he plays two positions and two opposite positions, we're going to call them opposite positions because they're both healing positions. He has to be dominant at pitching or he needs to be the best hitter in the league to win MVP. Is that ultimately what you're saying? 
Yes. Well, that's kind of a double standard, and that's ridiculous. How is that a double standard? Because if, nobody else if, – if as long as he is a top five pitcher, repriced. As long as he's a top ten pitcher and, you know, in the top 15 batters in, in the AL, I don't see how you don't give him a look at Cy Young. I don't see how he – or at MVP. I don't know how he doesn't have an argument. I think every year he's going to have an argument as long as he's well above average in both categories, which this year he is. I'm not saying that there shouldn't be an argument. I'm just saying I don't think he should ever win an MVP when he's not being the best. But that's like punishing him for be, because other people aren't as talented as him. You know, I mean, ultimately, yeah. it's not his fault that nobody else does what he does. I understand. But he focuses I, on three skill sets why most other players focus on two or one. Like most pitchers focus on one – all pitchers now focus on one skill set, throwing the ball. Yeah. But fielding players, you know, first base, catchers, everybody else, they have to focus on two skill sets, hitting – well, three technically, hitting, fielding, and throwing. Nobody I mean, pays attention to defense anymore. Yeah, defense is – Well, yeah. But, I mean, no. he has to do everything, Logan. So, I mean, I get, I get where you're coming from, and I understand the spirit in which your argument's based. I'm not – yeah. I'm but not I saying it's as I, I do. I, I understand what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I think I think we're both we're both saying the same thing, but we're saying it from opposite opposite sides. You're saying, you know, that I I want to handicap him because he does both. I'm saying that just because he does both does not mean he should be an instant MVP. Uh, oh, I agree with you. He yeah, has to be, he like, has to be in the top tier like, of both though. Like, and I wanted to have this argument a couple months ago because when it was just between him and Stan, uh, not Stan, Judge, um, and it was not close, but it was closer than it is now, I think. Um, he just, I mean, I still, I still thought that that wasn't like, I get it, but when Judge is hitting the way that he is right now, like, I don't think it's really a discussion, but some of the baseball writers, and I'll say this, like they kind of put they're pushing Otani because Otani is like this weird, cool guy, and they may want to give him like 15 MVPs in a row just because he's Shohei Otani and they like the story. Yeah. Right. And, and I, when I, I don't think so he's all the yeah. Um can so I yeah. ask more questions before we move on? Okay. If you were gonna trade for one player, would you trade for Judge or would you trade for Otani? I mean, it's Otani for me. Yeah. See that that that's different to me. That's different than starting a franchise. If I were to just start from scratch, I'd take Otani easily. But if we're talking about trading for a guy, um, you have to essentially pay for two of uh, both a great starting pitcher and a great hitter. If you're getting if you're trading for an Otani, we talked about this during the trade deadline episode. You got to give up like seven or eight prospects. In your organ, like you, I don't think any organization literally has the firepower to give to give up what it's going to require to take Shohei Otani. So if we're trading for one, I'm going to take Judge just because he's going to cost less. Yeah, that's I mean, a good yeah. argument too. Well, yeah. Okay, um, yeah. so change. If you're starting a franchise, yeah, yeah. If I'm starting a franchise, Otani, not even close. But yeah, I mean, the thing about Judge for me is he gets injured too. And just, I mean, Otani at the beginning of his MLB career, he he got injured too. But he had, it seems like he's kind of uh, fought through that. So 
that that's my thing about it. Um, I want to go. Doing, are we doing wanna, sleepers? Yeah, yeah. My sleeper is uh, Jordan Alvarez. I think yeah. it should be a. I think. Well, I mean, you can piggyback off it because it's not really much of a contest other that than that. Just because everyone, everyone is saying that Judge ran away with it, and it kind of seems like Jordan has kind of fallen off the like everyone's radar, and he shouldn't be. Um, p- played 109 games, 31 home runs, 80 RBIs, which is surprising that he's only got 80 RBIs uh, with the Astros. Uh, 294 uh, batting average, 398 on base, which leads the league. Uh, 597 slugging, 995 OPS, and a 182 OPS plus. Um, yeah, he's just on another level. He got the bag this year, um, about halfway through the year, so that's really good for him. Uh, Brian? Yeah, I mean, Jordan Alvarez was my sleeper too because for a while there, there, you know, there there was such high hopes for him. He was being talked about. And this is a guy, like, that doesn't actually strike out a whole lot either, which isn't talked about. as. I mean, he only has 88 strikeouts, and, you know, that is a lot in 109 games. But uh, if you think about, you know, power hitter aspects, like, that's actually pretty minuscule, you know. So this is a guy who can genuinely, like, for a power hitter, put the ball in play. Um He's not much of a big walker either. I think he only has 60-some, I think 64 walks this year. But, um, yeah, I I, I liked Jordan Alvarez. Um, I, I've liked Jordan Alvarez for years, and then I hated the Astros. So, yeah, yeah right. That's unfortunate. But, I mean, I like Kyle Tucker, too. They got a couple of nice, you know, outfield. I mean, I guess Alvarez is DH, but, you know, Kyle Tucker out there in Houston is pretty nice, too. So, yeah. Um, Josh, do you have anyone? I mean, I'm surprised you neither one of you have mentioned him, Jose Ramirez. Uh, that was who I was about to mention. I mean, we I, Logan was really, really high on Jose Ramirez at the beginning of the year. Um, so that's the only reason I really paid attention. So as much as Logan and I debate and we argue with each other and whatnot, I, I value the things he brings up. So I try to pay attention when he brings players up to my attention that I don't always pay attention to. Jose Ramirez has been very, very good this year for a team that is very, very bad. Uh, not very, very bad. Refresh. Who is better than we anticipated them being, but is not a top-tier contending team. Uh, they're probably going to make the playoffs and get bounced in the first round. But Jose Ramirez is the heart of that team. He is the spirit of that team. He's the best player on the team. And if I think if Ramirez wasn't there, I think there's an argument that the Cardinals aren't even being talked about for a playoff spot. Yep. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I could, I could talk to the most valuable players. If he's not there and he's on a different roster, are the Guardians even in contention? I don't know. Um, I don't probably just because the just because the team is so, division or, so bad. Yeah, but, division I mean, is so bad. And, and I mean, they, 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 they have a good pitching staff up there, too. Yeah, your, their pitching is really good. Quantrill, Bieber. Um, Jose's uh, numbers 26 home runs, 106 RBIs. 283 batting average, 353 on base, 548 slugging, 901 OPS and a 155 OPS plus. He leads the league in uh, 30, uh, doubles, 38. So that's really cool. Uh, that was that was a strange like in, in the off season when he got the bag. That was a strange contract extension to me because you looked at the Indians who basically just told Francisco Lindor to f off and that they weren't going to pay him a dime. 
Um, and then they turned around and gave, I was like, okay, they're just going to keep blowing up the core. I mean, they're going to trade Ramirez because he's on the last year of his deal. And then they signed him to that extension that starts next year. And I was like, what? Uh, like yeah. the, the whole thing just didn't make any sense to me. And then, I mean, he, he's pretty much, you know, the main reason they're in playoff contention. So I guess that's why his, uh, the uh, Guardians GM gets paid the big bucks and I get paid to sit here and analyze what he does. But I mean, maybe they didn't pay Lindor so they could pay uh, Ramirez. They probably got like a cheaper version. And to be honest, they're very comparable players. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jose Ramirez. I In the offseason, I had wet dreams about him playing second base for the Cardinals. <laughs> I mean, I was like, oh, my gosh, Trey Turner at short. Oh my gosh, that team would be so great. Juan Soto in right field. Oh, yeah. Wow, you just, you just have this super team planned. Maybe you should go be the GM, dude. You got this oh, yeah. super team planned out. Oh man, I'd give Trade Turner the bag. I don't care. I don't care if I overpay. I want him. Speaking so of Trey Turner, nobody could go to the games. Speaking of Trey Turner, Bryce Harper just said Trey Turner was his favorite player to watch. So Trey Turner's a Philly next year. Sorry, you guys. Stop that. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Can Bryson stop play second? Yes. Yeah, that's where he actually started when Didi Gregorius was busy fucking yeah. up our whole team. Hold on. Time out real quick. Oh, gosh. And I haven't seen it, and I don't know, so I'm asking. Oh, Has Didi Gregorius been picked up by anybody? No. No. <laughs> Probably yeah. for whatever now, up Girardi went for. Yeah, right. What was that, Josh? I thought somebody would pick him up and give him a chance. Yeah, I thought the Cardinals would pick him up, but <laughs> I honestly, I was like, okay, I'm getting that. And I, I was like, like I, I don't hate players, it. But no. Yeah. no, no. if you're bad on the Phillies, you're, you're going to be bad everywhere else. Yeah, trust right. me, we're not one of those organizations. Um, dang it, I just lost my train of thought right there because I was thinking of asking a question, something witty. Uh, oh, by the way. The other day, I have a bone to pick with fucking Edward Cabrera. Uh, he was pitching against the Dodgers, and Trey Turner comes up, and he takes a fastball uh, right to Trey Turner's head. Trey Turner goes down, and I'm like, oh, no, his his year's over. No, don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. No, he gets up, and this is actually a story of rising to the challenge because he gets up. And immediately steal second base. <laughs> that, that's a lost art, man. You throw in a base stealer just for, I mean, back in the day, forget about it. They were taking second base on you. Oh, my gosh. He is so fucking fast. I love him. Anyways, that's enough swooning for one night. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll look at him again in the shower. Uh, but anyways. <laughs> Got a poster right Ooh, out there? Right on my ceiling. <laughs> they just painted a Cardinals uniform <laughs> on him. Yes. Oh my gosh, it would look so good in that cardinal white uh red. Anyways. Uh yeah, there's the MVP, I think. Right? For the NLs, do we or the ALs? I'm sure you guys are, are you know very much wanting to talk about NL MVP. Yeah. Uh but is there anybody else on the AL that we want to talk about real quick? No. Okay. No, I had nobody. Oh, I have one more. Justin Verlander. I think there should be a conversation with that one. Yep. Being MVP. Yeah. Just because he's doing so well. Uh, like I said, uh, 
And it's um, not even comparing his old MVP numbers like where you talked about. It's yeah, where would the Astros be without him? Yeah, he's and and just the fact that he came off Tommy John surgery and he's still pumping ninety eight. I mean, he's just he's doing really well. Nature, dude. Yeah, he's really good. Um, so yeah, I, I think he should be at least a top three for sure. Like it's uh Judge, uh Jordan Alvarez, and Justin Verlander, in my opinion, with uh Jose Ramirez at four. Um I wish Devers uh didn't get injured, uh, because he would I think because he missed about a month, I think. And I don't think he really has a uh, he's really in the conversation anymore. But anyways, okay, let's talk about the NL MVP. <clears throat> As I choke up my lump. <clears throat> um, I guess the favorite is uh, Paul Goldschmidt. I see Josh over there with a little smirk. And, you Josh, know, he, he, he's dying to talk about Paul Goldschmidt. Paul, I'm gonna, Josh, I, go I, ahead. Oh. Yeah, I won't steal that. Oh, Paulie. Paulie G. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt has been had a fantastic season. So the thing that Arizona fans know this and St. Louis fans know this, Paul G usually starts the season off ice cold, like ice, horrible. Junk. Not this year. Oh, yeah, he Not did. He had the worst. Really? No, he had a terrible April. Yeah, but usually he it had, runs into May. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's he, had, he had like a bad two weeks. He had a great spring training where – we all thought coming out of spring training, there was not going to be any slowdown. It was just going to be tear it up all the way through. We start the first, we start the opening week of the season, and the first two weeks he just struggles. And then out of nowhere, click, boom, he just takes off. But while he was struggling, Nolan Arenado was hot. He was hot, hot, hot right off the bat. And then so Arenado gets NL player of the month, the first month of the season. Arenado or Goldschmidt gets a second, and Goldschmidt just never looked back. He's been tearing it up all season. He, he's a legit triple crown candidate. He needs a couple more home runs against your boy. Um, or your boy just needs to slow down and not hit something, and we'll get a triple crown winner this year. But I have a fear. I have a fear here, and I love Pauly G. He's fantastic. He is the epitome of a professional baseball player, and he is the epitome of what a cardinal baseball player is. He's not showy. He doesn't like doing interviews because he doesn't like to talk about himself. He likes to talk about the team. He's all about the team. He's came out and said he loves St. Louis. He wants to finish his career in St. Louis. I love that about the guy. He's fantastic. All around, great dude, top to bottom. Everything about him is awesome. He is what every team should want. Every team should want that player on their team, and I'm sure they would all take him. He's absolutely slashing across the board, top of the league, Top of the NL, and he's he's just great. Love Paul Goldschmidt. Can't talk enough about him. My fear is if he tails off here in September and Nolan Arenado keeps the pace that he has right now, do they end up splitting votes and Freddie Freeman comes in and gets MVP when he shouldn't? This is my worry. Yeah, Ryan's down there going, no, it doesn't happen. Okay, fine. That doesn't happen. But could there be a co-MVP? And could they be from the same team? This is like my dream right now. Logan dreams about Trey Turner and Juan Soto. I'm dreaming about a co-MVP between teammates in St. Louis 
working the corners because they're two of the best defensive players. They're two of the best offensive players in the NL right now. They are smoking it. And everybody they face, they're hitting right now. They rarely strike out. When they do strike out, they come back and they smoke something later in the game for RBIs, big hits. They get on base. They draw walks. They see the plate really, really well. Goldschmidt should be the MVP this year in the NL, in my opinion, because he's been more consistent. Arenado's had some up and downs here and there, but when Arenado gets hot, he's even better than Goldschmidt. But, and I'll close on this, Arenado has said a couple times his favorite player to watch in the MLB and the best player he's ever played with is Paul Goldschmidt. So I think Paul Goldschmidt wins it unless something radical happens in September, like Arenado goes ungodly, hits 500, uh, 500 average, and hits for eight or nine, ten home runs, and just lights it up. That's the only way I see it happening. And at that point, I, I, I don't know what happens. But yeah, Goldie should win it. Arenado should be a super honorable mention runner up. I don't think Freddie Freeman's done enough. I'd pick Trey Turner as my underdog over Freddie Freeman, but that's just me. Right. So I. I have a quick quick note to make. As, as a Cardinals fan, you should not hope that Arenado is a co-MVP or an MVP at all because he will absolutely walk out of his contract and go make more money than what he's making now if he wins the MVP. That's a good point. So you should absolutely hope he takes second place. <laughs> um, That's a real good point. Which I, I think, think he gets. Uh, I think he gets an incentive for uh, winning MVP though. I think it's a million dollars or something. Hold on. I have his contract out. details up. Um, yeah, it's $100,000 if he wins MVP. Oh. Oh. But, um, That's not that, worth it. <laughs> yeah. That being said, um, I I, uh, I love I love that Goldschmidt's in this spot. Um, I remember our very second episode on BSing Sports. This was about a year and a half ago. I went on a rant that Paul Goldschmidt is the most underrated first baseman of a uh, of a generation. Yeah, you know him and Freddie Freeman were were widely disrespected and not getting enough credit. Now, obviously, Freddie won a World Series with the Braves and you know won an MVP in the shortened year. People kind of you know gave him the respect that he deserved finally. But Paul Goldschmidt's right there with him. Um, I love Paul Goldschmidt in Arizona. He was my favorite first. He's my favorite first baseman ever since Albert Pujols kind of came, you know, crashing back to, you know, not even earth crashing back to hell when he went to LA. So, um, but yeah, Paul Goldschmidt's my favorite first baseman uh, that I've arguably ever watched. Um, Fantastic defender. Always was drawing the wall, always in the top 10 in pitches scene. He's a consummate professional. He does everything well. Uh, he did everything for Arizona, even though they were a dumpster fire organization. Um, he's doing everything that he can in St. Louis. And last year I was concerned because he was off to another slow start. I was like, man, I really hope that Goldschmidt's career is not like coming to an end like this. And then he caught fire in June last year and really outside of April this year, like you guys touched on, he hasn't, he hasn't slowed down at all. If he could give me like three or four more years of these, I mean, three is probably a little bit more realistic if he could give you three more years of what he's doing this year, I would turn around and say that Goldschmidt's probably a Hall of Famer. Um, but he's just, he's been one of my favorite players to watch forever. I'm so happy for Paul Goldschmidt that, that you know, he's having this kind of season and that he's going to hopefully get the recognition that he deserves because he's been criminally underrated from his time in Arizona, his time in St. Louis. And one thing that's not talked about enough because he's a first baseman, he's an Iron Man. Every, mm-hmm. 
every season uh, since 2014, when he played 109 games and missed a bunch of the second half, he uh, he's played 155, 156, 158. You know, he's he's always out there. He's readily available, always ready to go. Uh, it's it's Paul Goldschmidt's award. I'm hoping that he absolutely passes Kyle Schwarber and in home runs. You know, because uh, the wow. Phillies can win games without Kyle Schwarber hitting home runs. So I'm fine by that. Um, yeah, I, I would love to see Paul Goldschmidt win the Triple Crown. He's been one of my favorite players for years, and I, I would love for him to continue this track for like three or four more years and make a solid Hall of Fame case. Yeah. Yeah, because he's kind of, yeah, like you said, he's kind of flown under the radar. He's been one of the most underrated uh, first basemen. Six straight all-star appearances in Arizona. Yeah. Yeah, like, um, and what, 2013, he came up just uh, short, I think, yeah, second place uh, in the MVP voting. Had a terrible September, uh, which kind of gave Andrew McCutcheon the lead in there and – and then he got top three in uh, 17. And, I mean, he's just – he's silently been there this entire time. He was, uh, second, he was second in the NL MVP voting in 2015, too. Yeah, second in there, too. I mean, he's he's just always been in that conversation. And um, luckily, I mean, I think uh, Arenado and the Cardinals and company have kind of, like, thrown him out there and said, hey, this guy is really great. Um so yeah, that's really good. Uh, he leads. The it's also league. really lucky Bryce Harper got hurt. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that. I was like, man, that. I wonder how close it would be if uh, was around. But he he leads the league in every uh, statistic. Uh, batting average three thirty eight, four twenty one on base, six twenty nine uh, slugging, one dot oh five one OPS and a one ninety nine OPS plus. Um, he has a one ninety nine OPS plus. It was at two hundred for a while and. He's kind of not been uh, – he hasn't been hitting home runs lately in like a week. Um, he's probably player of the week, actually, uh, even though I just said that. But, um, I mean, man, two, when you have a 200 OPS plus, that's that's pretty fucking good. And <laughs> so I don't know what you have to call this if he does uh, surpass Schwarber for home runs. Like, you can't call it a triple crown anymore. Because he's leading the league, he would be leading the league in home runs. He would be leading the league in base uh, batting average, on base, slugging, OPS, and OPS plus. I mean, good lord! That's yeah, they do have an award for that. It's called MVP. Yeah, it's called fucking God <laughs> mode. Yeah, so um, yeah, that's pretty great. I don't know who uh, has the lead in doubles. He has thirty-four doubles this year, but. Um, yeah, good job, uh, Paul. I think it's Austin Riley, actually. That's probably it. Um, he's this season, too. Yeah, yeah, I, I think he kind of slowed down too. Um, because he a couple months ago he was the second favorite to win uh MVP. Um, uh, I want to touch on Nolan Arenado real quick. It, it would be so hilarious if he doesn't win MVP, uh, in Colorado where the stats are inflated. Um, and then he comes to St. Louis and wins an MVP. I would, that would be something I would really like to enjoy, but not having a, uh, triple crown winner since 1937. I think it's about time to break that. Last, last one was a Cardinal too. Yeah. I was about to say last one was a Cardinal. Joe Ducky Medwick. Medwick. 
Man, the names the names in the early time of baseball just kill me. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Uh, I I was hearing some of the names that are like really bad in today's standards. I'm like, okay, that's yeah. that's not good. Pee Wee uh, Reese. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, uh, who's your sleeper, uh, Ryan? It was Austin Riley until oh. you know he fell off. Um, I, I'm just looking at the MVP odds, you know, you touched on Freddie Freeman. Um, right after him is Trey Turner, and then right after him is Mookie Betts. And my take on it is if you have three guys in the top five from the same team, that team is way too stacked to have an MVP personally because it sounds like if Freddie Freeman went down, the Dodgers would be just fine. If Mookie Betts went down, the Dodgers would be just fine. If Trey Turner went down, the Dodgers would be just fine. They're, they're a loaded squad. I mean, that no nobody should even be like relatively com- like unless they have a triple crown season, you know, and they are just head and shoulders above every other individual. Like it's kind of the same thing with the Otani argument, you know, yeah. that, that Logan was making earlier. Like that team is so good all around. Like they have all stars. They have MVPs everywhere. Uh, the, if 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 without Freddie Freeman, is he really the most valuable player on the Dodgers? I mean, maybe, yeah. but the Dodgers have four other MVPs on their team. So, like, what difference does it make? Uh, well, well, not only that, but, like, you think about, like, a team that doesn't have stacked players like this. And, like, um, uh, I mean, I'm just going to use them as a uh, 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 whatever. Uh, Juan Soto, as an example. Sorry. Um, he was on a very bad Nationals team. He's not getting good at bats. No. He's not. And – when you're playing the Dodgers, you have Trey Turner, Mookie Betts, like you said, Freddie Freeman, Max Muncy, even though he hasn't had the greatest season this year, um, Gavin Lux, even. Yeah, I mean, Gavin uh, Wilson. Yeah, so Wilson you're getting – like, you have to pitch to these guys. Chris Otherwise, Taylor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, up and down, that lineup is stacked. So you have, Turner. you have to pitch to these guys. So this is basically – it's easier for – guys from the Dodgers than it is for a guy like on the Nationals or, or on a regular team. Um, so I wonder if that kind of falls into um, something like that. Yeah, they're, uh, they're, prote- they're protected. I mean, you, you yeah. can't you can't work around Trey Turner because Moogie Betts is behind him. can't work around Moogie Betts because yeah. Trey Freeman's behind him. I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's amazing, honestly. I have a solution for the award problem. Oh, no. Oh, I'm just waiting, bracing myself. Okay, so I don't have a problem with most valuable player, the most valuable player award. I don't. I think it's important to have, and I think it's a good award. But I think but. the most valuable player a lot of times gets mixed up with best overall player because the best overall player is not always the MVP. The MVP is not always the best overall player. The most valuable player is – who is most valuable? So, like I would say for the AL this year, Judge would be the best player in the AL, while Shohei Otani would then be MVP. This would solve these kind of arguments and these problems. And I have this problem with the NFL, and I've had this discussion with friends, obviously not online because I don't do NFL online, but yet they need to they need to be two separate awards. And, and I think this would help out across the board, even like in the NBA and the NHL. Um, because these are team games, and, and your most valuable player, and I'm going to run with my team, so the St. Louis Blues. Sorry, Logan. The St. Louis Blues, the most valuable player on that team right now 
is probably the captain, and that's Ryan O'Reilly. But Ryan O'Reilly is not the best player on the team overall. Um, and that's just talking from a one-team standpoint. So I think they should have a second award where it's who's the most valuable player and best player award. Um, I think that takes away a lot of, a lot of the uh, confusion and the misrepresentation. And I think it, it spreads the love for the guys who serve different purposes around the league. That That's where I'm at on that. Um, Logan? Yeah. Like that idea, oh. or do you like that idea, or do you pay attention? Um, yeah, I was listening. I was, I was. I mean, I think it kind of does fall fall into the same cat cat uh, category because you know I know you said Aaron Judge and Shohei Otani, but I mean I think that the most valuable player sometimes is the best player. And, the, uh, and then the time they can win both they can win both awards at that point, but more times than not, the most valuable player is not the best player. I mean, they do have an award for that. It's, they have the Hank Aaron Award for, like, the best hitter. But, I mean, ultimately, yeah. you know, I mean, I, to to be fair, the MLB, I think, has too many awards. And they really only advertise, you know, the three that we talk. I mean, the four that we talked about on the show. I mean, they have the Hank Aaron Award. They have the Reliever of the Year Award. I mean, nobody – the casuals don't know that, though, you know. And ultimately, right. baseball has probably the biggest casual fan following out of any of the four major sports. So, I mean, you got all the glove, glove, gold gloves, platinum gloves, silver sluggers. I mean, the, the introduction of the platinum glove killed me. I was like, man, what are like? We're just handing out participation trophies at this point. Like, I mean, I know having Nolan Arenado on your team, you probably love the platinum glove because it's another opportunity to broadcast your guy. But at the same time, like, what are we like? What are we doing here? Like, why do we have so many awards? You yeah. know, like, what's the point? The platinum glove is weird to me. Yeah, that's. I mean, I guess it's kind of cool. And not really that much effort, but it's whatever. Like, how are we going to argue who's better, Matt Chapman or Nolan Arenado? Like, yeah. now there's no argument because they give out the platinum glove. Like, yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah, um, yeah. Anyways, um, but to yeah, follow, can I follow up on Josh's point real quick? So, yeah, let let I'm going to read out the. I guess this is like 15 people just eyeballing it. So the odds to win MVP, I will name out their teams. Cardinal, Cardinal, Dodger, 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 Met, Brave, Met, Padre, Padre, Brave, Philly, Brave, Brave, Marlin. Who's the second Met? Is it? Uh, there's, there's Francisco Lindor and uh, Pete Alonso are both. It, like it, it, there, there's a common theme of just like these fantastic teams with multiple good players on them are like, they somehow have, you know, yeah. all, all the naming in the award and it hits home to Josh's point. Like they have so many good players. There really isn't a most valuable player to that team. Now yeah. you could, I mean, and ultimately Sandy Alcantara could probably win this award and nobody would bat an eye because he is the most valuable player to the Marlins. Nobody else knows anybody else's name with Marlins. So yeah, it, it, or Kyle Schwarber, I mean, who picked it up massively after Bryce Harper got injured. But, I mean, there were, there were so many other contributions from the Phillies at that time, I wouldn't even consider him the most valuable player on the team. It, it's, it's a broken award, in all honesty. It really is just given to the best player on the best teams, and it, it, they need to reanalyze how they vote it. It's a shame, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If he – yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um. So yeah, uh, do we have any other backups that we want to talk about? Um, let me talk about Trey Turner a little bit. 
Because, you know, obviously I like him. Uh, okay, and while you talk about Trey Turner, you have to define why he's more valuable than Freddie Freeman. I'm not, I'm not saying Oh, okay. Why is no, no, no. You have to, Freddie Freeman's ahead of him. You have to define how Trey Turner is more valuable than Mookie Betts. Yeah. Um, the Dodgers would not be where they're at without why, why Mookie Betts can't cover for Trey Turner. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, wow, he leads the league in at-bats. That's interesting. Uh, five pull, by the way. Um, so he has – let's see. So he has the stuff. most opportunity to, yeah. you know, do, do what he can do compared to everybody else. 18 home runs, 86 RBIs, which is surprising. He's on the Dodgers. I guess the nine guy isn't really – It's almost like they have, like, a lot of runners on base all the time. Yeah, it seems like that he should have more than 86 right there. So yeah, the nine, guy, the nine guy at his 340 OBP is just not getting on base enough. Yeah. Um, 21 stolen bases, um, 36 walks, 311 batting average, 355 on base, 488 slugging, 844 OPS, and a 131 OPS plus. Um, Not even – he has a four and a half war, which I don't like to use all the time. But, uh, I mean, he's just – the thing that I love most about Trey Turner, and I say it all the time, is he is a really – He's a, like, multi-talented player. You know, we talk about Shohei Otani. He runs. He fields really great. Um, he's a great hitter. He hits for contact. He hits for power. He hits uh, – I mean, he he just does everything. And for most of the time, he flies under the radar. Um, I mean, he hits – he hasn't had an under 300 season since 2019 with a 2.98 batting average. I mean, he's just he's just one of those guys that you can always rely on, and he'll get on base. He'll however he needs to, and once he gets on base, he's already at third base. Um, like he'll he'll score from first. I wish I could see, I could pull up that stat, but that's going to be like twenty minutes of looking at that up uh, yeah. of uh, how how many times he scores from first. And when he actually uh, he has eighty two runs this year. Um. That actually, I'm actually surprised. I thought it would be a little bit higher. Yeah, uh, I guess the well, no. Anyways, but yeah, I, I I think he's. I think you know you talk about value. He has so much more value because you know Freddie Freeman, Paul Goldschmidt. Well, Paul Goldschmidt is actually a pretty good base runner, but uh, you know Nolan Arenado, those guys are super slow, and once they get on base, you can get. I mean, there's a good chance that they can get into a double play and they get uh, stopped or whatever. Um, Trey Turner, he kind of eliminates the double play from uh, a lot um, because he'll steal second right after, or he'll start, he'll get a good jump and he'll be able to break up the double play. Um, so yeah, that's my thing with him. Um, yeah, he brings an old school skill set. I mean, unfortunately, in the new school days, you know, it's not utilized enough. Like twenty-one stolen bases for a guy that runs as well as him is, you know, the, the guys in the thirties and the forties just rolled over at their grave in their graves on that stat. But I mean, he, yeah, that that's a dude that. And, and same goes for Mike Trout. Maybe not anymore, especially with the chronic back issue. But like when he came up, he stole forty-nine bases as a rookie, and then like didn't hit over fifteen. Like after that, it's like. Like why? Why are we not like like as a manager? Like 
why are we not utilizing the assets that these guys have, particularly on bad teams? Like if your team sucks and you're terrible at scoring runs, who cares if you get caught stealing, trying to get in scoring position, you know, like what are the odds of that anyway? These great base stealers are stealing at a 90% rate anyway. So, yeah. So, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Josh, do you have anything to say about Trey Turner? Hold on. Oh, no. Trey Turner is a great player. Um, I don't think he wins MVP. I can't. Uh, I know, no. No. Nah. Not this year. Um, he's a real good player. I'd love to have him. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I would love to have Trey Turner on my team. I think every time. Every team in the MLB would love to have Trey Turner on their team. He's he's fantastic. He plays, plays a lot of positions too. He's huh? got plays a lot of positions too. He's played center field and second base in his career too. Yeah, I mean yeah. he's he's a hell of a player. He's versatile. I mean Logan's right about that. I mean the dude dude plays ball. I mean he's a true ball player. Um, now going back to something, and this doesn't sound slow to me, but feet per second. Arenado's 25 and a half feet per second. That's slow. That's slow. That's yeah, that's 30, slow. 30 feet per second is considered like great speed. So, I yeah. mean, it, it, yeah, it sounds like five feet per second, but like if you bring up every other player in the MLB, I'm sure there's probably 102 of them that fit between 25 feet per second and 30 feet I'm per second. Pretty sure whenever I looked, whenever I looked, uh, at that sprint speed thing, uh, like even Nolan Arenado talks about how slow he is. He's like, whenever Man, I get it, that fast though. <laughs> I mean, I think even Yachty is like twenty-two. Yeah, Yachty's like twenty. No, I think Yachty's twenty-two and Albert's twenty-one. Yeah. So yeah, that's he's not that much faster than. Right, yeah, he's closer. He's closer to to Yachty and Pools than he is the elite number. So yeah. So what's the average? Like twenty seven and a half, twenty eight, twenty eight, I believe. Yeah, probably so somewhere. Thirties, like good. Yeah. Yeah, thirty. I think there's only two players in the thirties, and that's Trey Turner and Bobby Witt, I believe. All right. Well, let me give you this then. Arenado's home run trot speed is thirteenth fastest in MLB, and it's twenty one point one one. Who's so, the fastest? I don't know. I looked his up. Fastest has to be Tyler O'Neill. Yeah, Tyler O'Neill. He runs. He's got to be first. Like, and that's not even that's not even biased. That's he literally yeah. runs around the. He like, doesn't he, try. He. Yeah, he, he runs. Anyways, I remember a couple of years ago the Mets the Mets hit Reese Hoskins I think twice in a series. So the next time they played or a pitcher one pitcher hit Reese Hoskins twice in a series. So the next time they played the Mets, Reese hit a home run off of him. And he took 34 seconds to get around the bases on purpose. Oh, he just basically like went like heel to toe around the bases and like just kind of did one of these jobs. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. And, you, and, and Logan knows I don't like showboating, but if you hit me twice in one series and I can jack one off you, yeah, eh, you're gonna get what you get. Okay then. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's the. Uh... Is there any other MVPs that we should be talking about? No. Um, yeah. By the way, I don't think Trey Turner should win the award. I just I want to say that he, he should be in, in the conversation. His middle yeah, name I is mean, Vance, by the way. God, dude. He doesn't look like a Vance. I'm going to start calling him that. I'm going to be like Vance Turner to the Phillies, and people are going to be like, who? <laughs> it's Trey Turner's brother. 
He only has two triples uh, this season. Well, I'm sure the base coach is probably stopping him at second, knowing Mookie Betts is probably just going to drive him in anyway. I mean, I, yeah. No point in pulling a hammy. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't pull hammies. Yeah, I mean, speaking of good base runners, though, you touched on Paul Goldschmidt. He's only one of two third basemen ever with – or first baseman ever with a 30-30 season. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. The first was Jeff Bagwell. He, I I watched a video on how like they were talking about how smart he was, and I don't mean to turn this into a Cardinals thing, but like he's like he's so smart. I didn't realize how smart he was. Like they were talking about how like during batting practice he he hits uh, with a heavier bat, so that way whenever during the game it's lighter and it feels easier. And then he like he he runs around the bases a very certain certain amount of way or a certain way and it's like to because he's like making every microsecond count basically every step count and so yeah and so it's really it was really interesting to watch that video i wish i'll probably take notes on it and uh gonna go out and run the bases gonna give us a solid 120 feet i was a pretty great uh uh base runner back in the day back before i heard my Fucking like, anyway, hey, make sure you put down your feet per second so we can compare you to R and Auto. Okay. Right now it's it's probably about ten. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold on! I can actually beat you in a foot race. Shoot. Probably right now. Live I mean, on Variety Sports Network, a foot yeah. race between Josh Edwards and Logan Stone. <laughs> that would be my, awesome. I don't know if my leg could ever handle that again. I, I'll try. I, I can try that. We can just try give us a that. solid 90, man. Just give us the old Ichiro. You can get the head start out of the batter's box halfway through the swing. Gosh. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways. Um, is there any other awards that we want to just touch on real quick or anything that we want to discuss real quick before we go? Yeah, I mean, who do you think is going to win the World Series? Um, oh, I'm glad you mentioned this because I had this. It's uh, I think it's Cardinals and Astros, and I think it's Cardinals. I'm not, I mean, I'm not being biased. A month, a month ago, you would have gotten laughed at, but the way they're playing, I mean, it's all about who gets hot at the right time. So, and I'll talk. I, I, I'm going to talk about this on Cardinals Chronicles on Wednesday. But I've been saying this the whole year. They beat or they played a uh, the best Red Sox team. What when they were really good, um, this season. Uh, and they got they lost the series, but every game, like you can blame the bullpen on this, and and then they uh, listen. They got swept by the fucking Rays, and that's inexcusable. Then they lost the series to the Dodgers in the same way that the, they lost the Red Sox. And I said, if they get a pitching, they'll get close. Shut up, Josh. Um, you're saying that you said the things that I said. I said the same thing. You go back. You see, you always think I was pessimistic, and I was not. But uh, and so they got the things, and now Who their team to win is the World actually Series really good. at the beginning of the season. That was you, okay. And and so I said, if they they'd be a really good contender if they, um, but then obviously after the trade deadline, I said the Cardinals are going to win the World Series. I was a little bit drunk, but I still stick with it. Um. But yeah, I think the I mean, Astros are going to make it. Jordan Montgomery looking like he ain't going to lose a game over there. Yeah. yeah, his last start wasn't as beautiful as the others, but we'll give him yeah. that one. 
just because Yachty was behind the plate. Anyways, Josh, do you have anything else to say on that one? No, we're going to get off before I tear you open again. You're not. Um, uh, do you want to, Ryan, do you want to uh, talk about BSing sports real quick? Want yeah, so um, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Ryan BSing Sports. It's kind of like the name that's, I guess, it's down here, except you put the at in front of the Ryan. Um, we have a website, www.bsingsports.com. We're on Facebook, BSing Sports. Uh, Twitch, YouTube, Spotify, uh, the whole thing's just BSing sports. We made it pretty simple uh, across the board. So if you want to reach out, listen to some of our stuff, we would greatly appreciate, you know, all the support. Uh, Logan, Josh, thanks for having me on. I love talking baseball. Didn't feel like that we were here for two hours, but, you know, time flies by when you're having fun. Um, Thanks for having me on, guys. And, yeah, come check us out over at BSing Sports. We really love it. Yeah. Josh, do you ever always love we're doing a show on Thursday for uh, baseball. It's just strictly baseball. Nice. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, Josh, do you have anything, any wise words of wisdom you want to say? Before I get to my wise words of the week, <clears throat> Ryan, you're always welcome to our show. You bring great conversation, great points. Um, you make us think outside of what we normally think about. Um, so you're always welcome. Anytime you got something you want to talk about baseball related, you just message us and let us know. We'll have you on board. That's great because I have I have a show planned out that I'm going to need some opinions for. We're going to talk about robot umpires and other criminally embarrassing things that have happened to the sport of baseball. Oh, gosh, I'm in on yeah. that one, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I've got points and arguments. Well, I, and I'm not going to get too deep into it, but I think they're uh, they're doing a doing a compromise in the minor leagues uh, that'll help with that with the. Uh, the strike zone challenges. So that's going to be interesting. We'll probably discuss that on Monday. To talk so. to, to touch on that real quick, I mm-hmm. hate how they're testing everything in the minor leagues because then these guys come up to the major leagues and it's an entirely different game. They're not getting ready for what they're playing for. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Well, they, they, they have robot umps in the minors, but not in the majors. So guess what? You're getting struck out on that pitch six inches off the plate. Too bad, goal. I didn't like that either for a second. And then I heard someone say, they're what they're teaching them basically is how to speed up the game. So whenever they come up, they'll pitch pretty fast. Like they'll work on, they're trying to quick pitch basically. Um, by the way, the other day, Rich Hill. Oh my gosh. Did you watch that game? Rich Hill versus the Braves. Yeah. Or not the Braves. Uh, out, Braves. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, he, yeah. Six innings. No, no uh, runs. He, I mean, he was pitching fast. He was quick pitching those guys. It was it was Mark Burley like. Um, anyways, so yeah, that was really cool to watch. Um, but yeah, that's why I think that it's kind of cool to see the minor leagues minor leaguers come up and not spend twenty minutes with an app with a batter. Um, anyways, um, but yeah, that does it for this show. Uh, special shout out to SportsTalkAtlanta.com. Go fuck yourself. Uh, they're the ones who tweeted out saying any team who uh, anytime the Cardinals win a game against a team, the team should be embarrassed. And I was like, fuck you. So I told them to eat shit after uh, the Cardinals beat them. So that was fun. Uh, We'll see you on Wednesday with Cardinals Chronicles. Uh, Josh hit that sick beat.